When you take a look at it, you may not realize that you keep setting yourself up for failure and you keep doing the same thing over and over again. And worst of all, you keep picking the same job with different people with different names that keep treating you the same exact way. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California today. Today's a good day. I'm coming to you live from the How to Sell Show studios. And the conversation we are going to go and talk about today is why salespeople pick bad sales jobs. And I will let you know that sometimes this is your fault. Just like sometimes this has been my fault. And we have these internal blind spots. And when you take a look at where you're at in your life and how you got there, you could go back and you can reconstruct events that are significant events that you may like, Hey, I never even really thought about that. Sometimes it comes down to, we pick the wrong job and we don't even know what we're looking for. And the weaknesses that we have now may put us in a position that we don't think we're worthy. And I will, I will give you some insights on my life. I was made fun of a lot as a kid for having a speech problem. I was made fun of a lot for having, you know, a weight issue. I've, I've liked food my entire life. <laughs> if it's, if it's got sugar in it, I like it. If it's got uh, bacon on it, I love it. And, you know, sometimes through being made fun of and sometimes through the internal items, issues, events, processes we put ourselves through, it does impact our choices that we make. And some of this comes down to the type of people that we associate, the people that we allow to be in our lives. And sometimes those people that are in our lives may say things like, you're not good enough. They may say things like, you'll, you'll never make it. And... I've seen people take those items and use them for fuel, like rocket fuel. They'll use them for fuel. And I've seen people take those items and believe them and then holds them back. And what's really weird, what's really weird is when I ride with salespeople, I found that if I ask this one question, who is the critic of you that you worry about that has no input on your life? So for me, uh, I, I have a value put to people who I take advice from. So I've got a really good mentor. I've got a really good couple of mentors. Let's put it that way. And if they if they tell me something, I put very high uh, weight. I put a lot of weight to what they have to say. And then let's just say that there was the guy that made fun of me in third grade. Well, for whatever reason, we tend to put a lot of weight to what that person says as well, even though we've never interacted with them for like 30 years. So I think back of this and I'm like, hey, look, I'm not just pointing fingers and say, this is a you thing. This is a me thing as well. And this has led for me to pick bad sales jobs. This has led for me to put up with things that I shouldn't have put up with inside of organizations. Part of this comes down to is we don't discuss our shortcomings with people that we trust. And this, this word that I'm going to give you is huge trust. You know, there's times where I have shared specific incidents of my life and and problems that I was going through with the wrong people, and they've torn me down. Uh, there's been times in my life where I have shared deep problems that I'm having with people who really care and are significant, 
and it's really helped. Now, if you don't have that, maybe you can find a clergy member. Maybe you can find a, a therapist. Maybe you can find somebody to talk to. So, you know, it, it, the time that I went through the major problems, it, it destroyed my trust in people for a while. It really did because it, it put me to my breaking point. Part of this is we don't ask for help when we need it. There is a really weird thing that happens as you grow and as you develop. And I'm just going to use my example of being a man. So uh, if you are a different gender, go ahead and, and figure this out the way that you want to. But, you know, growing up as a male, when I hit about 14 or 15, I started hearing things like man up. But like nobody ever gave me an instruction manual about what man up means. They're like, Scott, you need to man up. And I'm like, yeah, I need to man up. And I'm like, um, yeah, where's the, the little instruction book for that? No, no, no. You know, stow these ideas away, stow these thoughts away, and you need to man up. And, you know, uh, don't show affection for your friends. And like all these things I, I decided because I had to make them up and I had to make the rules, I didn't know what they meant. And then uh, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago, I started realizing like these rules that I've built for my life do not serve me. They don't do me any good. And nobody gave me an instruction manual. So I'm going to rewrite my manual. So I started sharing with my friends, my male friends and my female friends, you know, what, what was going on with me? And some of them, they got weirded out. And some of them, they're like, dude, I'm so glad you brought this up because I've been thinking the same thing. And I just didn't have anybody to talk to about it. And there were times that I went to people and I'm like, Hey, I'm struggling. They're like, you're struggling. Really? You seem like you're doing fine. I'm like, Hey man, it's a front. I I mean, I have, I'm putting on a front right now. I'm, I'm telling you right now I'm struggling. There's people who are like, I'm surprised. I I never would have guessed, but let's have a conversation. And you're like, Scott, come on, come on. What does this have to do with sales jobs? Well, think about this. If you have a bad instruction manual, if you have all these thoughts and beliefs of what you think of yourself inside internally, there's problems you're creating if you're using the wrong instruction manual. You could be like me where somebody said, Scott, man up. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. I mean, like, I'm going to pretend and just go with it and pretend that I know what it means. And part of this comes down to is we work for the wrong people, you know, and you, you might take the right job, but it's with the wrong people. And you might take the wrong job with the wrong people and you could find the right job with the right people. But most of the time when I talk to salespeople, uh, there's there's a person blocking them out of fear. Strong, strong individuals, smart individuals have something that you may not imagine. It's everybody that is around them that tries to take them down. Because inside of an organization, it's the lowest common denominator. It's the, the people on the team that don't want to do the work. So if you use the Pareto principle and you look at a sales team that 80% of the sales team shouldn't belong there, 20% of them is going to do the work, that 80% comes after the 20%. And in management, the same thing happens. The, the, the bottom 80% of management comes after the top 20% of management because it always comes down to, I don't like your idea. I'm uncomfortable with it. I don't want to put in the work. I don't want to put in the effort. You're rocking the boat. There's the status quo. And what ends up happening is we accept, I've done this. And if you're not careful, you could do it too. And I always want to raise my hand and say, I've lived through this problem. This isn't me pointing from the top of the mountain. This is me saying, I have lived through some ridiculous stuff that I shouldn't because I put up with an abusive relationship. I have put up with abusive relationships, plural, right? This isn't just a one thing. I've made mistakes and I've, I've picked bad sales jobs. You know, I've been lied to. I've been cheated out of money. Uh, I've been told things that weren't accurate. I've been, I've had to do things that, and 
and say the things that nobody else wanted to say. I mean, there's I, I could give you a whole list. I could. But you know what? It's not going to do you any good except for me to say, you know what? Sometimes you are in political issues and you are pitted against the people that really should be your friends, but they're, they're, they're told that you're enemies, okay? And so this all comes down to you picking bad sales jobs because once you go down this path, you can, you can set up a routine. You can find yourself stuck in a rut. You're like, I switched jobs and I had the same types of problems that I'm having here. Why is that? And part of it comes down that you've programmed yourself. Part of it comes down to, you know, there, there were things that were comfortable for you and you were like, I'm going to take the comfortable easy way out. And we put up with abusive relationships that we shouldn't. I've put up with abusive relationships that I shouldn't. It's just, it's the way that it is. And sometimes I think about it and it gets me very frustrated. And this can lead to you not believing in yourself. All of these issues, bad employers, bad people on the job, people coming after you, managers coming after you, employees coming after you. And then you pick the bad sales job and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm back in square one. I'm going to go look for another job. And then you find yourself again. So here's how you fix all of this. And I knew it took a couple of minutes to get this set up to have this conversation. One, you're going to have to look at yourself and, and, and make small steps and then larger steps and then start running for how you believe in yourself. And I'm going to, I'm going to first off and congratulate you and say that you are taking the right step. You're listening to the how to sell show. And we're talking about why we pick bad sales jobs. You know, we may get lied to and told, Hey, you're going to make this much money. I, I always like the, the job interview when you go in for sales and people are like, there's, there's usually two spectrums here. There's the person who's like, yeah, you know, our top sales guy is making a hundred grand a year. I'm like, dude, what if I want to make 200? <laughs> what if I want to make 300? What if I want to make 400? What if I want to rule the world to make a million? What if I want to make, you know, 2 million? Can that be done? And then there's people who will go and tell you, hey, look, you know, the sky's the limit. I want to let you know that the, the sky is the limit. You are worthy of a top-notch job. You know, the other person is the person that I like is they'll tell you like what the possibilities are, but you got to be careful because sometimes, you know, they're playing with your ego. They're playing with your mind and they're like, this is what you could do. And here's the comp plan. And I have a general belief that if you can't explain to me the comp compensation plan in an easy manner, I'm going to lose money. You know, I've seen enough comp plans that are pages and pages and pages long, and they're so complicated. I know of a person who brags that his compensation plan is so strong and so difficult for people to figure out that they lose money. I don't want to work for that guy. I don't want to be around him. I don't want anything to do with him. Because at the end of the day, if he's going to cheat me out of a couple of bucks, he's going to cheat everybody else out of a couple of bucks. And what kind of person is that? Not somebody that I want to work for. Hey, it's not even somebody I want to work with. You know, I found out through, you know, some items and some things that there was somebody I could have potentially done some consulting for, and they had some sort of issues very similar. And I was like, I'm done. Peace out, Girl Scout. I'm not doing this. So pay attention. So yes, you are worthy of a top-notch sales job. Next on the list is a list. Make a list of what you want and how you can push yourself. You know, if you made 60 grand last year, how can we increase that by, you know, 20%, 30%, 40%? How could we double it? How could you push yourself? What would you need? What are your skills? You know, if you're new to if you're new to sales, you got to figure out how to be more conversational. 
You know, you got to work through the the issues that you're going to have with rejection. If you've been in sales for a while, how can we take you from 65% to 50 to 70? <laughs> Sorry, from 70 to 75, from 75 to 80, from 85 to 90. What skills are you needing? What coach do you need? What tough conversations do you need to have? What are you willing to do? Part of this is looking for the common threads of problems you create. I, I will tell you, I've got to own up to this, that when I look around and I've had the same issues over and over and over again, it's me. Part of it's me. I've got both my index fingers pointed at my face right now. Part of it's me. All of it's me. You know, I'm, I'm the one making the decision. I'm the one pulling the trigger. I'm the one deciding that I'm going to go after a, a business relationship and I keep ending up in the same way. One of these may be tough to think through. And I'm going to say for me, it, you know, it was emotional. I cried. I got upset. I got mad. You know, what demons are locked in the closet? Yeah, I said it on my podcast. It made me upset. It made me cry. I, I, I had to define a spot in my life where I just, I don't worry about these things anymore. Somebody who likes me is going to go, hey, I like that. Scott said it made him upset. Or someone who doesn't like me is going to be like, I'm looking for reasons to not believe Scott. You get to decide for yourself. There you go. Welcome. So who told you you weren't good enough? Who told you you weren't worried? You know, you're not worthy. Who bullied you? Who bullied you emotionally? Who told you that it, it can't be done? And these are some of the roadblocks that you got to break through. And I was talking to a friend the other night, and this is why I decided to record this episode, is sometimes the people that we want to live up to have no significant impact in my life. Sometimes they have no significant impact in your life. And the reason why this is huge is we were having this conversation and I was explained, this is the person that's held me back. And this is the person that I think of in the back of my mind, criticizing me. I'm like, when's the last time you talked to that person, went to dinner with them, had a conversation. And I was told it's been a long time. We're, we're not significant friends. I want to challenge you that if you have an emotional bully that has no part of your life and no, no buy-in in your life and no way to make you better, let me help you right now and say that person should have no bearing or effect on the way that you make decisions. You know, they're not worried about you going to bed. They don't go to bed and go, Hey, that's Scott Sylvan Bell guy. I hope things don't go well for him. You know, the best people in my life are the ones that check in on me and like, Hey, just want to check in on you. How you doing? Those are the people that I care about. Those are the people that, that have some bearing on, on the thoughts for me. And some of this comes down to look, if you keep getting in this rut, you probably need some professional help. If, if this has happened to you more than twice, it's time to have an intervention. Go pay somebody a couple hundred bucks. So you think through all the grief that you go through in a, in a job and you put time, energy, and effort into the worrying, the anger, the upset, the angst. And if you could calculate the amount of money that you've lost because you're not thinking about your clients, you're not thinking about how to be better at what you do, you're, you're putting all that money in your emotional piggy bank and it's just holding you down and bogging you, bogging you down. That's the way I should have said it. It's not just holding you down and bogging you. It's bogging you down. There, there's a lot that you could do with that. You could spend a hundred bucks an hour on a therapist, 200 bucks an hour on a therapist, three, four, five, six, the numbers can go up, but here's the thing to remember. That's an investment in your mental freedom. So how much you want to invest? What do you want to put down? What are the odds that's really going to help you out? And I'm going to say those odds are pretty darn significant. So I, in 2009, because of some events that happened in my life, I went and saw a therapist that was about 250 bucks for 45 minutes. I've 
paid top therapy dollars and I've got a guy that I work with that is not 250 bucks and I found that the work that I do with him is way more valuable. So you know, this, this is an effort. What I'm getting at is sometimes the people that you interact with are not going to be the right ones right off the bat. And this is the way that I find that I can tell. If I'm nervous and I'm willing to open up to somebody, they're probably the right person. But if I get this feeling like there's a knot in my stomach and I'm like, I really don't want to tell this person something, it's probably the wrong person. Now, you're going to have to figure out your own way that you tell, but you're going to have to take those first steps and have the conversation and dig in and go, why do I keep picking the same bad job? Why do I keep getting caught up with the same bad people? Why do I keep getting caught up in the same instances? And part of it's got to be like, it to take your, both your index fingers. If you got two of them, if you're polydactyly, you might have three or four, but point at yourself and say, it's me. It's me. It's, it's, I got to start with this and admit that I'm the one causing this problem. How do I get out of it? Okay. Find better friends. People who will encourage you to do the right thing. Get therapy or get help. Now, I'm a part of a couple of sales groups online. And there's some cool ones out there. There's some awesome ones out there. But I take note. Then when people are like, hey, I'm struggling, I take note for the people who encourage. But I also look at the opposite. Then when people need a little bit of a celebration, they need a dopamine rush. They're like, yeah, I closed my first deal. The people who say congratulations, good job. Those are people I start putting towards the top of my list. And like, those are people that I should probably associate with. And if it's consistent action from them, great. It just has reinforced that that's the person that I should probably interact with. But also, I look for the person who tears other people down. Hey, you know what? It was a bad month and I finally got my first sale. You know, I got my 500 bucks. And people are like, 500 bucks, that's cheap. You shouldn't be in this industry. I'm like, whoop, 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 whoop. Probably not the person to associate with. You know, success leaves clues, failure leaves clues. You got both sides of that book. So why not figure out a way to, to, to determine what is causing you to hold yourself back? And one of those ways you could do that is you can get a therapist and talk through your problems. Be vulnerable. Have the conversation. I'll tell you, in the beginning, 2008, 2009, I had knots in my stomach because I didn't want to tell the person what I was going through, not because of I didn't like them, but because I was so embarrassed about it. There was a lot of shame. There was a lot of internal hurt. There was a lot of problems that I had created for myself. I, I created these problems. And I part of it was the knot was there because I didn't want to live up to it because if I did, I would have to have the conversation. So I'm going to challenge you. I know I've given you a lot today that if you keep finding the wrong sales job, talk this out, get some help, find somebody. It'll be money well worth it. It'll be some of the best stuff that you have. Now, when I ride with salespeople, companies will hire me for three days. And the conversation usually goes like this. For the first day, it's usually pretty superficial. But first thing on the second morning or usually around lunchtime, the person that I'm working with will go, hey, can I ask you a question? Oh, yeah. Well, what do you want to know? And it's usually something about their life. Uh, it's usually something that's going on that's holding them back. They probably have all the sales skills that they need. They probably have all the capabilities that they need. They might need a little bit of help to be put in order. But what they really needed was someone to be like, am I weird for going through this? Am I strange for going through this? Am I the only one that's ever gone through this? And pretty much every story that I've heard is the same variation of another story. Occasionally, it's something I've never heard before. But for the most part, people will pipe up and go, you know, I'm going through this problem with my significant other. Uh, I'm having money issues. Uh, I'm lonely. 
I'm empty. I lost a family member. I lost my best friend. My friends have moved away. I feel like I'm irrelevant. I mean, I'm, I just, I'm giving you what I hear from people all the time when I work with them. And even conversations that I've had privately with people that aren't necessarily a, a coaching client, but they'll share with me what they're going through. And it usually comes down to money, relationships, like a relationship issue, a lack of a relationship, a loss of a friend, or they just got distracted by buying something brand new. So what are the things that are that are holding you back internally? And who is that demon on your shoulder? And why are you giving them credit to, to allow to, to pull you back? Because all these things add up into you picking bad sales jobs. All these things add up. Now, you're like, Scott, how could this lead to a bad sales job? Okay. So you have a job and you look around and you're like, I don't like this anymore. I'm not making the money that I need to make. I'm not dealing with what needs to be done. So you flee, you take off, but because you are familiar with your surroundings and you're familiar with the type of people that you are dealing with, you pick the same ones over again. They got a different name. They got a different face, but they provide the same function. So I'm going to challenge you right now that if this is you and you have found yourself in a couple of bad jobs and a bunch of uh, difficult people start thinking and go, Hey, look, what do I need to own? What do I need to own? And this may be emotional. It may make you upset. It may make you cry. And you know what? That's a good thing because you're on the first steps. I encourage you that if you have yourself right now in a bad position to find somebody to talk to, to just get it off your chest. So another example is I, as a manager, had to deal with a lot of upset people. And I found that when people are done being upset and they've gotten something off their chest, they go, <sighs> now I, I did it really loud in the microphone so that you could hear it. But at the same time, when I ride with people or when I work with them, there's a point where they're just like, I am so glad <sighs> I got this off my chest. And their vocal pitch and tone changes, their demeanor changes, their energy changes. So if you can find somebody to talk to, and get whatever problems that you're going through off your chest, it will make your life easier to find a good job. So if you got a list of what are you looking for? Is it vacation time? Is it pay? Is it the type of product or service that you sell? Is it the type of people that you work with? Is it the company? Is it the brand? All these things add up. But the first step you got to take is like, why, why am I making these bad decisions? Why am I going through this? But not like a poor me moment, a reflection moment. And then find somebody that you really do trust, that you super trust to have this conversation with. And if you can afford a therapist, get a therapist. And it might take you a couple of interviews to find the right person. Look at it as an investment and not a loss. I've had a couple of people tell me, Scott, I went to a person and I paid 250 bucks and I didn't like it. Okay, we'll go find another one. Well, I'm out my 250. No, you're not. You just found that that's the wrong guy or the wrong girl. So sometimes it does take two or three people and a good therapist is going to call you on your BS. So I did an interview with uh, Bob Beverly and he's been a therapist for 40 years. And he's like, Scott, good therapists are going to call you out and say the uncomfortable thing. And they're going to take you down dark hallways and things that you don't want to talk about, but you, you got to get them out because you holding them inside is poison. So shout out to Bob Beverly. I've had a lot of conversations with uh, Fern Caslow, Dr. Caslow, same type of, of, process, same type of belief that you got to get it out of your system. And a good therapist is going to ask you questions and call you out on it. 
And all of this relates to you picking the right job the next time so that you're not caught up in the problems. So a lot of it's a you issue. And some of it comes down to just there are some evil people out there that are just horrible. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.